It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 147. Now, I got a lot of feedback on last week's. So if you didn't hear it, you go to the website and you can catch up or get it on Spotify or Podbean or Apple iTunes or whatever. But... uh, yeah, and as a result of that, I'm going to change some things. And one of the things I want to do this week is not go back over stuff we've gone over many times before. Um, and I want to say something about the mad world later on, but let's just go to something just a little bit unusual. And that is a man called Ray Cordero in Hong Kong. Listen to this. Actually, there's a, there's an email here from uh, Mei Ling, who you, I think oh, you made Mei a Ling. request oh, for I, her earlier in the show, didn't I you? I felt so yeah. sorry for her, yeah. because she married an Australian, yeah. and she, she she then moved to Australia, and her husband passed away. Yeah. She was stranded in Australia. So, shall, so shall, shall I quickly read this one out? Yes, uh, why she, not? She says, uh, Dear Uncle, I would like to say thank you for all the years you sparkled like a diamond, created many colours, and lighted up our lives. Even when we moved back to Gold Coast in Australia, we were still listening to your shows. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, quoting Ecclesiastes. You have done a marvellously, extraordinarily work for us, and I am grateful and thankful to God that we have you and grew up with your music. I'm missing you and will miss you forever. Uncle Ray, if you have a chance, would you be able to play this song, You Raise Me Up? Which uh, you raised me we, up. We, 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 That's me. Me. You played that. You played that earlier, didn't you? But, He's uh, a 96-year-old DJ in Hong Kong, and he has been broadcasting for over 70 years. Uh, I think he's in the Guinness Book of Records for that. He said at the end, "That's it. Thank you very much for tuning in. Goodbye. Thank you for coming." In both English and Cantonese, his program <laughs> has been running since 19. 19- 70. He does a kind of sort of easy listening playlist. He's born in Hong Kong of Portuguese descent and he's got to know some of the biggest names in the world of music, including the Beatles, Cliff Richard and Tony Bennett. I I loved um, the lady who phoned in and cited Ecclesiastes. Okay, uh, and in in the United Kingdom, um, apparently you're now allowed to hug. Try this. Perhaps, you know, don't hug everybody you know. If you are going to hug somebody, restrict it to very small numbers of close family who perhaps you you really value a hug from. Um, I think don't hug too frequently. Um, Keep it short. Try and avoid being face to face. So perhaps um, turn your face away slightly. And even wearing a mask could help. Um, I mean, the reality is, is when you hug somebody, you are very close to them. And we know the virus is in people's breath, so you are very close to their breath at that moment. Yeah, we've. who would have thought that we've got to a stage in the world where governments were telling us when we could and couldn't hug and how we should hug and cautious hugging. Well, us Scottish Presbyterians, we can certainly give you lessons in cautious hugging.
Today, a new leader for Northern Ireland's largest party. Edwin Poots the winner, two weeks after he led a putsch against Arlene Foster, who was undone by the fallout from Brexit and her relative social liberalism. My agenda is reform, to inspire and reinvigorate unionism. The Democratic Unionist Party in Northern Ireland have just elected a new leader, Edwin Poots. I think he's a Christian. He's described, um, now be careful, this, this could really upset you, as a creationist. And uh, this is how one leading DUP politician, Ian Paisley, dealt with that kind of hostile mocking question that you would expect. Listen to this. Backers, and you have this deeply socially conservative man. We heard there from Nick Watt some of the trends towards social progress, uh, progressivism. You, what's the strategy here? How's this, how's this going to work for your party? Cobblers to your programme so far. That's what I say initially. I mean, I'm reminded of the Frank Skinner line. You can be anything in Britain today except a Christian. I mean, that, that seems to be the issue. And the BBC want to lambast the man because he happens to be a man of faith. And they want to take the, basically the mickey out of his religion. You wouldn't do that if he was a Muslim. You wouldn't do that if he was any other religion in the United Kingdom. But you can take the mickey out of his Christian faith. You I'm, should be ashamed of yourselves. The BBC should be ashamed of yourselves I'm, 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 from I'm, starting from that position. Because they think people are entitled to have a view. Now, he has never been in a position where he would try to force his faith down your throat or anyone else's throat. He would not allow those things to get in the way of how he engages in policy and policy making. And he's an excellent track record of working with Sinn Féin, of working with John Finucane's colleagues, of working with other people across the board to try and make this place a better place. That's what interests us, making Northern Ireland work making it a better place, and we will do that. And he's entitled to be the leader, and he's entitled to have his faith. Of course, of course. Well, well done him. Good job, good job. In fact, while we're on the Ireland, island of Ireland, that's difficult to say, isn't it? Island of Ireland. Um, Let's go south and to RTE and to Brendan, another DJ, a, a reporter, and boy, is this good. This this is absolutely excellent. And I, I want you to listen to the whole of this because um, this was Richard Dawkins. Now, he'd said this before. He'd tweeted this before about how a Down syndrome child shouldn't be brought into the world because it adds to greater suffering within the world. Well, I've got plenty to say on it, but I'm not going to say it because I'm going to allow Brendan to deal with this. You got involved in a Twitter interaction with a woman who said she would be faced with a real ethical dilemma if she became pregnant with a baby with Down syndrome. You tweeted, abort it and try again. It would be immoral to bring it into the world if you have the choice. Now, I, I saw you're speaking to somebody who, who did bring someone like that into the world, OK, but we let's put that aside. Why is it immoral no. not to abort it? Well, uh, that was probably putting it a bit too strongly, but... Um Given that uh, the um, the amount of suffering in the world uh, probably does not go down, probably does go up uh, c- compared to having another child who doesn't have Down syndrome. What People I'm interested I in saying, is how do you know that it increases the amount of suffering in the world to bring in a child with Down syndrome into the world? I don't know it for certain. It seems okay. to me to be plausible. You probably would increase the amount of happiness in the world more by having an, another child instead. Do you think? But you have no reason for knowing that. I have no direct evidence. No, it just, oh, okay. it just seems plausible. Just you know, you're such a scientific, logical person that I thought that you could possibly have some logical uh, backup to it. Do you know anyone with Down syndrome? 
not uh, not not intimately no okay yeah yeah i mean look everyone has their own experience of it and possibly my experience would be that you're not necessarily right and i think a lot of people would think you're not necessarily right but look, anyway. i'm sure i'm 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 sure that 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 you love your child Oh yeah, nothing, no, nothing to do with that. I'm, I, I'm not having an emotional discussion with you here. I'm yeah. simply having a logical discussion with you. Do you think it would be immoral for them not to do it? Let's leave out of the. Let's leave out the immoral. No, I but you brought be, immoral into it. Okay, well, I, I take that back. Okay. I think it would be wise. I think it would be wise and sensible. You know, children who are so-called perfect can cause terrible suffering in the world as well. But I suppose we have no way of checking, have we? Uh, no, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that absolutely fantastic? Now, I'm going to do The Mad World this week, but then I'm going to stop doing The Mad World. Why? Because there's just so much stuff, and it's just getting madder and madder and madder. And I think one of the dangers when we talk about The Mad World, and I'm very guilty of this, and I think maybe some of you might be as well, is we end up just mocking, or we end up in despair, and what we really want to do is bring some kind of hope now, you see, for example, some of the things I want to mention. IKEA Australia has now gone really woke. It's got family-friendly parking signs and gender-neutral toilets across the stores. A family-gender mix, family with pram-gender women and family with pram-gender men. Okay, that's, that's the way it is. We want people to feel safe, comfortable and accepted at IKEA. And this... Uh, means that they've got to have designated bathroom spaces for people who are, quote, non-binary or trans. Now, as I say, this issue is going to come up again and again and again. And the serious side of this is um, the dismantling of the human race. And also, of course, staff are being encouraged to use pronouns on their work emails and social media, such as he, him, his or she, her, hers, uh, and then or other ones. Okay, and their campaign, IKEA are calling this progress is made. No, this is this is not progress that's being made. This is a regression, as we keep saying. But we, we, we're, we are actually looking for real progress. And I think, you know, maybe we should consider more what that actually means. And then another thing that we've noted and we continue to know is the increasing intolerance in our universities. Now, I'm not going to go into any detail on this particular case because I want to write about it. But there is a university uh, that I often spoke at in Dundee called Abertay. And it's in the news just now because a law student, Lisa Keogh, I think her name is, age 29, has been suspended over disciplinary and discriminatory comments she made at a seminar where she talked about the difference in physical strength of men versus women is a fact, which of course it is. And she said that women had vaginas. That is now considered to be beyond the pale. She expressed astonishment. She hasn't backed down. Now, I want you to listen to what the principal of the University of Aberté said. Listen very carefully. He said this. All universities should be places where freedom of speech is of paramount importance. And we, re we reject any notion that controversial or challenging debate is in any way stifled at Aberté. Got that? It's good, isn't it? That's excellent. Except he then went on to say, put simply, 
Students are free to express any lawful views they wish to, as long as this is not done in an intolerant or abusive way. Now, who decides that? So, the Students' Union decides saying that men are stronger than women, or women have vaginas, that's intolerant and abusive. And the way that the Scottish government are going at the moment, it could also be unlawful to say that. The principal has no idea what freedom of speech is. It allows people to say things that you may find offensive, that I may find offensive. And again, that's such an important issue. All right, let's take a little break. Here's a piece of music. I wonder how many of you will recognize it. Adamant and of course and music. <laughs> Sorry, this just this kind of wokeness gets into everything, doesn't it? So there are approximately one quadrillion ants, give or take a few billion, in the earth. And uh, there's been a new ant species that's been named. It's the first animal species to be given a non-binary name. The Ecuadorian miniature trapdoor ant has been called Strumigenus aristhae in recognition, quote, of non-binary people and a celebration of gender diversity. Is the ant non-binary? No, it's not. Only one specimen has been found, a female. Incidentally, ants generally, the workers, are female. What's it? Is there a lesson to be learned in that? Has it been named after someone who identifies as non-binary? No, because it's named after Jeremy Ayers, an artist and human rights activist who is gay. Dr. Douglas Booher of Yale University said, Moving forward, the they can and should be used as a suffix to new species for those that want to be identified outside of the gender binary. I wanted to celebrate this ant with a name that celebrates all biological diversity, which includes diversity amongst individuals. So, get this, a bunch of white male scientists are setting the ants free by declaring they're non-binary. Uh, yeah. And again, there's such a serious side to this. Man gave names to all the animals in the beginning, as Genesis tells us, and as Bob Dylan sang about. Wow, though, just wow. Uh, in the UK, there are schools that are giving transgender girls uh, boys' names without telling their parents. Forget parental rights. And what about political rights? In Spain, the Vox Party's Francisco Jose Contreras was suspended by Twitter, where he said, uh, in responding to an article claiming a pregnant man gave birth to a child, he said, that's a lie, a man cannot get pregnant, a man has neither uterus nor ovaries, both of which statements are true. Uh, Twitter banned him because it broke his policies on, well, offence, gender, gender identity, and so on. He said, the next time, uh, he, ca uh, he called this fascist biology, he said the next time he would try 2 plus 2 equals 4 with Twitter staff. Well, he shouldn't do that because apparently maths is also a um, white supremacist construct. 
And then here in Australia, and this is the last one for this week, we have a plague of mice. Now, it's pretty serious. I was speaking up a town up in rural Queensland, and the motel I was staying in, the room I was staying in the week before had had over 70 mice in it. Um, and But this that's nothing. But this is not a joking matter for farmers. Millions, and I mean millions of mice, are decimating some areas in Australia as if they didn't have enough to deal with. Well, listen to Peter. Alicia Naxarkis is from the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, also known as Peter, and Alicia is on the line. Alicia, good morning. Hi, good morning, Ben. How are you? Good, Alicia. Now, where can we drop the mice off? So why don't where we just talk about the here and now? Because I'm offering to set up a GoFundMe page because you guys are saying instead of poisoning them, we could use humane traps so the small animals can be caught gently and released unharmed. But where are we going to release them? And if you want me to, I can set up a GoFundMe page and we can raise some money to organise the safe capture, removal and drop off at your place or the headquarters of Peter. Look, that's brilliant. And we get it's going to happen. We are not anti-pharma. Um, we believe that the government is responsible for finding better, more humane, long-term solutions for farmers and mice and anyone else who is affected by poisons or by mice infestation. So there where do we release them? Where do we release them? There are answers, but they're not quick fixes. So we understand what's going to be to happen to these mice. They seriously argued. <laughs> so I'm sorry. They seriously argued that um, we should catch millions of mice and release them. Where? Where are we going to release them? Not only do they they not understand nature. This is, again, it's an important thing because from a Christian perspective, we are to subdue the earth. Now, it's interesting. Steve Chalk recently tweeted out this incredible tweet. If bees were extinct, the ecosystem would collapse. If ants were extinct, the ecosystem would collapse. If birds were extinct, the ecosystem would collapse. If humans were extinct, the rest of the earth, the rest of life on earth would flourish. Yeah, hey, let's just get rid of humans. This is a man who's supposed to communicate the Christian gospel. And this is the kind of stuff that he's tweeting. Utterly, utterly, utterly bizarre. Okay, that's enough of the mad world. Um, of course, we'll cover these items, but I'm just not going to do it as a section because it just takes up too much and... You know, we've, we've got to try not, not just to illustrate how the world's going mad, but to show the right way. But we also live in an unjust world, and this should be a major concern. So let me give you one example. Extinction Rebellion protesters who blockaded the printing presses, prevented the delivery of three and a half million newspapers, costing over a million pounds, have been given conditional discharges or fined as little as £150 each after a judge declared no damage was caused. Now, the judge, Sally Fudge, that is her name, said the protest had been peaceful and she was not aware of any damage that had been caused. A million pounds worth, but she wasn't aware of it. Now, what she's doing there, believe you me, if that had been a cause with which she disagreed then there would have been heavy fines and imprisonment. And that's the problem, you see. 
Judges need to judge dispassionately. So I'll give you another example. Humza Yousaf was the Scottish Justice Secretary. Now, thankfully, he's gone from that because, although he's gone on to become Health Secretary, because his idea of justice was very strange. He used Twitter as much as Donald Trump. Um, So one day last week, he praised immigrant protesters who were breaking the law. Now, what I mean by them, they were protesting against two people being removed. Uh, And... You know, maybe they were right to do it. Maybe I would have joined in, but I, I know I would have been breaking the law in doing that. And I don't think a justice secretary should be praising people for breaking the law just because he agrees with their cause. The following day, 15,000 Rangers fans celebrated their team winning in Glasgow. Same place. All this took place in Glasgow. And Homes Yusuf could not quick enough condemn them. Of course, you condemn the violence and the wrongness in there, but they weren't all like that. And then the following day, there was a large gathering in Glasgow again of pro-Palestinian protesters breaking the law, yet not a word from the Justice Secretary. And there is the problem. The problem is not whether you think each of these causes was justified or right or wrong or people behaved well or not. It's that the law should be the same for everyone. And it should not be governed by political persuasions. Right, Um, some church news. Listen to this man. Isaiah 42 speaks of the servant of the Lord as the one who proclaims justice to the nations. That is the Gentiles. Israel's calling was to be a light to the Gentiles, separate and distinct from them, so that they might display to them the life of God. But instead they failed to shine the light of the Lord and they condemned those who are not like them. But the servant of the Lord proclaims justice to the nations. Jesus will lead a revolution, a gentle revolution, as the gospel of the kingdom is proclaimed to the nations. The gospel of the king who suffers and dies to win for his people pardon and life eternal. And justice will roll down like rivers when the kingdom comes in the new heavens and the new earth. That is Kanishka Raphael. He, as I've mentioned already, he has become, I love the other way the newspaper, the first person of colour archbishop. Um, he, he's 56 years old. He's born to Sri Lankan parents. He emigrated to Australia age seven. Um, he was raised by a single mother migrant lady in a place where we had no family. And I tell you this, he is a wonderful Christian brother. He is a very, just solid biblical preacher. I found him to be fearless and much to the disappointment of of some of the press here. You know, single, I mean, he ticks all the boxes, person of colour, raised by a migrant mother, and he's as orthodox and sound on the Bible and on issues of same-sex marriage as, as anyone. So that is great news. Uh, some other church news. John Blanchard, one of the great British evangelists of the past 50 years, has died. Um, I think his booklet, Ultimate Questions, I probably gave away to more people than any other. And then some sad news from the UK. Um, listen to this man. I never, ever thought that giving a sermon w- would lead to me being dismissed and reported for prevent and safeguarding and and treat it in in such a way. 
was just so mind-blowing. Um, I was thinking, I'm never going to work again because I've been accused of being a terrorist. My role in the school as chaplain was to talk about the Christian faith, mostly just trying to commend Christianity without forcing it. And I was always very clear, you, please listen to what I'm saying, please think about what I'm saying, and then make up your own mind. That is Dr. Bernard Randall. We've told his story before how and how he was accused of being a terrorist or reported to an, an anti-terrorist organization because he took he told boys to think for themselves and question same-sex marriage. The Archbishop of Canterbury has refused to intervene to support him. The contrast between Kanishka Raphael, the Archbishop of Sydney, and the Archbishop of Canterbury is stark. If you change your mind, take a chance, on the first in line, honey, I'm still free, take a chance on me, All right. Here's something from Sweden. Let me tell you now, my love is strong enough to last when things are rough. It's magic. You say that I waste my time, but I can't get you off my mind. Oh, I can't let go. Cause I love you so. If you change your mind, I'm the first thing I'll die. I'm the I guess just an excuse to play a wee bit of ABBA and then they didn't really have the profoundest songs one or two were but I just I brought this up because I read an old interview from about nine years ago from Bjorn talking about when he married Agnita he wanted a real fairy tale wedding in a church with a castle and a ceremonial ball we followed the traditional path but today with the wisdom and freedom that comes with age I'm more radical in other words he's an atheist no, that's not more radical, and it's not wisdom, and it's not freedom. Oh, I just love to engage with that, but um, have a philosophy of life. Take a chance. No, I prefer Pascal's wager. I'd rather bet on God than take a chance on Abba. Okay, and all right, I couldn't resist this one. I really couldn't. Probably should have been in the Mad World section, but let's give him a wee section of his own. Here's Prince Harry. If we collectively became better at not clicking on and not uh -huh. spreading or sharing the things that we know are putting other people through hell, yeah, yeah, then there's no market for it. I totally but agree. The more depressed and the harder life becomes, we end up surrendering to the information parallel with our own feelings. Yeah. That's the information that we end up sort of being drawn into. Yeah, and the, and the last stop is the pound and the dollar. I mean, it's literally that simple, to yeah. your point. If no one can profit on any of this stuff, it vanishes. Okay. That was fun. Just yeah, 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 yeah. I got so much I want to say about the First Amendment. <laughs> yeah, well, you're, you're... I, I still don't understand it, but it is bonkers. It is bonkers. So, having been... Now, I know you don't go to America, and you do not diss the First Amendment. The First Amendment is one of the great things about America. It's one of the things that makes America great. It's freedom of speech. And here we have a prince who is able to go on the Oprah Winfrey show and say whatever he wants. 
and yet attacking freedom of speech. The point about freedom of speech is people should be able to see, say things we don't like and we don't agree with. Another bit of good news coming out of the States. There's an anti-abortion challenge to Roe v. Wade. Uh, the Supreme Court has agreed to hear a case about a restrictive Mississippi law that provides a way to diminish the Roe v. Wade judgment. Um, this is going to be fascinating. And one final thing. Nigeria. I, we, we brought this up many times. We have to keep bringing it up. It's the most populated country in Africa. 200 million people. It's the largest country in terms of economy. It's rich with oil and poor in governance. It's divided with Islam being dominant in the north and Christianity in the south. Bernard Henri Levé wrote in the Wall Street Journal, he's a French intellectual, not, not a Christian, a slow motion war is underway in Africa's most populous country. It's a massacre of Christians, massive in scale and horrific in brutality. And the world has hardly noticed. Yeah, Black Lives Matter on some of the streets in some cities in the US, maybe in the UK, maybe in Australia, where of course they should. But what about the continent where there are most black lives, and that is Africa? And what about the massacre that is occurring there? you and I'm going to leave you with this beautiful beautiful song it's an old one it's a classic it's Noel Richards and just as I was doing this the words came to mind watching while sanity dies touched by the madness and lies no we, we I report all this stuff not to make you despair I report it not to make you cynical or not to cause you to mock or to feel superior and I don't feel superior I just feel about it all and yet the one thing that encourages me and gives me hope is that the Lord came as the light of the world into this very dark world so see you next week uh please feel free to continue sending stuff i'm sorry if i've not been able to use all the stuff that's been sent me which i haven't feel free to support us on the podbean fundraiser keep your constructive criticisms coming really appreciate them god bless you all hope you have a great week come, Lord Jesus, come, Lord Jesus. Oh
will be.